The Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this radio broadcast of Shi'ar Jashub, featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing the sermon from 1 Samuel chapter 13, which my husband delivered back in 2001. It is part of the series on heavenly authority, and when we left off last time, Pastor was reading from verses 6 to 8, where the Israelites are struck with fear when all the Philistine forces gather in the heart of Israel. Now, let's go right into the study and join Pastor Greg. And what happens to leaders? What happens to leaders when the people start to scatter? Do they react calmly, in patience, seeking God? Usually not. Saul starts to panic. Saul is saying to himself, how am I going to keep these people together? What am I going to do? After setting forth the shofar, now he doesn't know what to do. He's not peaceful enough to hear the voice of God. Samuel didn't come. He said seven days is the seventh day. Where is Samuel? What do I do? He's waited. He's almost there, but he can't wait any longer. And what does he do? It says, verse 9, So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. What do I do? i got to do something. Be careful when you're at the point that you don't know what to do and you feel you just have to do something to make it better, to accomplish something. Because what you might do might very well be outside the will of God. Here the king has the burnt offerings brought to him. Remember, Samuel was supposed to offer the burnt offerings, and he offers them himself. He, the king, he assumes the role of a priest by making the sacrifice to seek God's blessing. He's trying to keep the troops together. He's trying to rally them. He's trying to win God's favor. And he doesn't obey what Samuel says. He doesn't wait the full amount of time. And even if Samuel didn't come, then seek the Lord before you do anything. He assumes the position of the priest. And we're not speaking here about the priesthood and the order of Melchizedek, who was the king priest. We're not speaking here about the new covenant priesthood of believers that God makes as a nation of kings and priests in Christ Jesus under his kingship. This is not the New Testament covenant of the kingship. It's the Old Testament covenant of the kingship. And the priesthood belongs to the descendants of Aaron. Now Samuel, an exception is made because from a little boy, he's in the tabernacle with Eli and he ministers as a priest. And plus Samuel was in a relationship with God as almost a new covenant relationship. So he is a priest also in the order of Melchizedek. But Saul has no such relationship with God. Saul has not developed that deep fellowship to be in a place of spiritual priesthood. He has simply been anointed king. And now he assumes the role of Aaron's descendants. And the role that Samuel has taken over since the fall of Shiloh. And he goes beyond the limits of his authority. 
he goes beyond the boundaries of what God has given him to do. And his motives show he's not there in the place of the priest offering the sacrifice. He's there as someone just desiring to do something out of impatience and out of fear. Those are the motivating forces, not to offer worship, but impatience and fear. He has a situational understanding, a situational ethics of what to do. That's just taught to our school children today. He's looking at it with situational eyes as opposed to biblical eyes. Because if it was biblical, it would be based on God's word. And what was the word that God gave him through Samuel? Wait, and Samuel will come. He's the one that offers the sacrifices. Be careful when you look at things situationally. You know, well, I think it's okay in this situation. It was not okay for Saul to offer the sacrifice. And so his actions based upon impatience, based upon this fear that's contaminated him as it's contaminated the people, it's as though the Spirit of God has left him because he won't hear the Spirit of God because of the fear, and so now irreverence comes in. And his actions of offering the holy sacrifice were irreverent. Verse 10, Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. So Samuel does come. He didn't wait a few minutes. A few minutes more had he waited, and Samuel would have been there. But he sinned greatly because of impatience. Those few minutes, what a difference those few minutes make. What a difference when we're obedient to God and do what God wants us to do, rather than being forced by everybody else around us to do something we should not do. He was forced to do something he should not do. He couldn't wait those few minutes. And there's Samuel. And many times we're like that. In what we believe, we wait, we wait, and maybe right before the victory, we give in to impatience and fear. It's so hard to be faithful to the very, very end. It's so difficult, and Saul can't do it. And many times we can't do it. And we need to learn Saul's lesson. Because it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. You need to have that faith to the very end. And fear is the opposite of faith. Impatience is the opposite of endurance. And endurance is based on faith. You know, the scriptures show us over and over again. There was a, world, there was a couple of World Series games. There was two World Series games this past week where everything turned around in the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs, what looked like complete failure with two men out in the bottom of the ninth, home runs were hit two days in a row to save the game. And I don't know if you've noticed it, but from the scriptures and maybe from our lives, God tends to be a bottom of the ninth, two out kind of guy. He tends to push it to the end for the reason that when the miracle victory happens, it's clear that it's a miracle. It's clear that it's a victory. 
that no one can boast. And it tests us, will we wait to the very end? Saul, will you be faithful? You're the king. You have to set the example as the leader for the people. Will you wait to the very end or you're going to let their impatience pull you to do something you should not? It's not over till it's over, Yogi said. And you might want to make a proverb, it's not over till it's over and God says it's over. It was not over. And Saul ran ahead of God. We have to have patience to wait on him. What does Samuel say? Verse 11, And Samuel said, What have you done? Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, The Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore I felt compelled and offered a birth offering. I felt compelled. Be careful when you feel compelled because you're moving out of fear. Sometimes people feel, that well, I must be from the Lord. I'm just compelled to do it. And really it's their own fear and the, the enemy pushing them to go in a direction they should not. And they do it because all other options seem unavailable. All the other roads seem closed. There's a Red Sea in front of me. Where else can I go? And they forget that God can part the Red Sea. Be careful when you move based upon situations, circumstances, fear, what looks impossible. Rather, we should be compelled by the Holy Spirit and by the Word of God. And what does Saul do? What he's saying is true. This is why he did it. But he's making excuses. He doesn't say, I've sinned. He doesn't confess the sin. He's so busy trying to justify himself because of the Philistines, you know, you Samuel, you didn't get here fast enough, and because of the people, he looks externally and blames them rather than looking internally and confessing his sins. I did wrong. He tries to justify himself. This is the beginning of going in a wrong direction. And the king of Israel should know the law of Israel, right? The law of Israel says he can't offer sacrifices. He's supposed to have that word of God right by him. We study that in Deuteronomy. If he doesn't know the law, who should know the law? And he breaks the law out of impatience. And it's a warning to leaders. He did not recognize the boundaries of his authority. God has given Saul many things to do. He's anointed him king. He prophesies. But the offering of the sacrifices for the priest and for Samuel and not for him. And he went beyond the limits of his authority in a vain attempt to get these people not to fear. There's a point there for those in Christian leadership. You must do what God has called you to do, but you can't do more. You should never assume to do more than God has given you to do. It's irreverent. And the importance is obedience, knowing what God has told us to do and do it, and not doing what he hasn't. Don't assume that which he hasn't. In the New Covenant, we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul speaks about how it's the Holy Spirit that gives to each. He gives the gifts, he gives the offices, and he says in verse 11, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, 
distributing to each one individually as he wills. It's God's will, his gifts, his callings, his anointings, his offices, his authority that he gives each individual. The Spirit chooses what you and I should get. Maybe we should seek the greater gifts, but you cannot assume them or assume something God has not given to you. Samuel says in chapter 13 of 1 Samuel, verse 13, after Saul says, I felt compelled, Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly, foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. It's foolishness. He could have had his household established, but he did foolishly. We value your comments, and it is always a blessing to hear from our radio family to know if our program has helped you in your walk with the Lord. All correspondence should be mailed to Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Also, let me invite you to our Sunday service. Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets at 10 a.m. at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take exit 61 off I-95. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jeshub.